0: Hello everyone, Purse here, and this is a new recorder, so we're going to see how this sounds, we're going to see how this works, but um, everyone knows about physical health, and mental health is being talked about a lot more, but not everyone knows exactly what mental health means, so I just wanted to start by talking about the difference between physical health and mental health, and um, physical illnesses and mental illness, which all kinds of goes together kind of goes together. And I usually use the physical side to explain the mental side because a lot of people have a really good grasp of physical illness versus mental illness. Whereas not everyone has the best grasp of mental health and mental illness. Um, this is an episode that I've done research on and I use research relatively lately because I went and I looked for organizations, credible sources, um, research labs like research corporations and um medical articles and I, I read a couple i read two or three um like pdfs or whatever so i read some but i'm, I'm not a doctor which i like to say hi i'm purse i'm your friendly neighborhood let's talk about mental health person but i'm not a mental health professional or a health professional at all so um take my advice as a starting point Do your own research, bring everything back to someone who's certified and get real answers before you do anything super extra. So this is all just, um, I guess, supplementary or foundational information um, that you can take and go forth and bring, you know, bring with you when you have questions on this topic. Um, But again, not a doctor. However, from my understanding, my personal experience, everyone has mental health just like everyone has physical health. Not everyone has mental illness, just like not everyone has physical illness. Though a lot of people have mental illness. I could You could assume the majority, I suppose, would have mental illness, just like how a lot of people have physical illnesses. Because physical illnesses can be anything from cancer to a broken bone, depending on you know, where you are in your life, if you're athletic, if you're not athletic, who you are, what you do in your free time. Just like how mental health can be anything from paranoid schizophrenia or super, super um, intense mental illness or um, cognitive disorder that keeps you low functioning all the way to um, a depressive episode because you're going through grief after a death of a family member, but a depressive episode that you that eventually lifts because it's, it's more temporary. It's not um, clinical depression, it's not depressive disorder, it's just a natural reaction to life. Much like how cancer, once you have it, is more or less lifelong, you can go into remission, or yeah, you can go into remission, but you can relapse, whereas a broken bone, if it's simple and a really clean break, it happens, you have a physical illness at that time, you get a cast, it heals, and then you're back to normal. So there's a whole spectrum of long-term illnesses and short-term fixable illnesses, both for the mental side and the physical side. Um, So that's what I like to say. In my opinion, people, I've seen the question, is mental illness different from mental health? And I say yes, Mental mental illness is much like physical illness. Um, whereas mental health is like physical health and everyone has mental health, but not everyone necessarily has mental illness. One thing is that a lot of people try and lump together mental illness as this one huge con- conglomerate, whereas they don't do that with physical illness. Again, people separate cancer and then they go even dip- dip- deeper and they separate, th- separate things like lung cancer and breast cancer and liver cancer, different kinds of cancers. Um, they don't think, they don't compare breast cancer or prostate cancer or liver cancer to a broken bone, you know? They don't compare a 45-year-old mom with breast cancer to a 16-year-old kid with a broken leg that's gonna heal in a couple weeks. Um, But I find that that happens with mental health a lot and mental illness a lot, you know? um, Someone can be suffering with um, clinical depression, major depression to the point where they're suicidal and all they can do every day is just just work through keeping themselves alive, you know, which is, takes a lot of energy. Um, the same way someone can be a paranoid schizophrenic and um, they might take medicine. I don't have direct contact with anyone who has paranoid schizophrenia and I probably should have looked this up before I made this example. I don't know if you can function with hallucinations and something like that without medicine, but maybe they don't. Um, this is just me talking out of my butt, just so you know, um, but maybe they don't. But regardless of whether they take medicine or not, their life is probably significantly harder um, on a day-to-day, long-term basis than someone who's going through temporary grief because of a death. Not to say that, you know, during the time of the grief, the person who's going through temporary depression isn't having a hard time. They probably are, but it's going to pass and they're going to move on and time moves forward and they're going to get out of it. Whereas people with clinical, um, repetitive mental disorders Live with it for a long time or their whole lives, and they need to learn how to mitigate it. Um, people look at the 45 year old mom, you know, frail, lost hair, um, weaker, always sick, going through chemo and radiation with sympathy. They also look at the 16 year old who broke a leg with sympathy, but it's a different kind of sympathy because they understand. That the teenager who broke the leg the leg will most likely heal assuming they're otherwise healthy whereas the mom with cancer is probably gonna live with is going to live with that for a very long time and is going through a lot of pain and a lot of nausea and a lot of discomfort um for a while if not the rest of her life but that kind of multi-tiered thinking is not really applied to mental health at this point in time which is very unfortunate um people with mental illness get painted over with the same brush, the same, or maybe a couple different brushes with a couple different colors. It's either completely sick, you know, dangerous, dare I say, completely crazy, um, do not be around, unstable, keep away from me. Um, And they just write those people off. And they don't, take the time to get to know the person. They don't take the time to try and work through any sort of episodes with that person. It's just a complete danger, danger, stay away. Or they paint people with a brush of not dangerous, not unstable, um, but low functioning, which to them equals lazy, doesn't try hard enough, should figure out why they're here, try harder to be happy, um, do some yoga, take a bath, smell some lavender scented candles, and pull yourself up and get it together, Um, compared to high-functioning mental illness, where they don't realize sometimes um, until that individual's in crisis, and then they think, whoa, 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 where's this coming from? She said she had XYZ, but I didn't know it was this bad. Um, And none of those three approaches seem very sympathetic or very fair. Um, You wouldn't look at someone going through multiple rounds of chemo um, who's nauseous and can't remember anything and has hot flashes and can't use their hands and think lazy, not trying hard enough, should just smile, drink more water, and wish the cancer away. Um, But a lot of people do that with mental health issues, even when people are like on the brink of self-harm or, you know, taking their own lives, and they don't get a lot of sympathy. Um... But mental health, and men- mental health and mental illness is just as important and just as de- debilitating as physical health and physical illness, depending on the time. And with the same kind of spectrum that we look at physical illness, we should look at mental illness as well. Um, and we should acknowledge that you can be sympathetic to two different people with varying degrees of mental health issues, just like we are quite capable of looking at two people with fair- varying degrees of physical health issues. Um, and understand long-term versus short-term and the different amounts of pain and give everyone sympathy. Sympathy is a really big word. Don't think that people are pathetic, you know, um, but just be nice, be kind, regardless of whether it is, um, you know, a temporary grief or a long-term issue, psychological issue. Um, So how do we maintain our mental health? You know and the title of this is knowing your mental health family history which I'm gonna get into but I do want to have a like preliminary mental health di- discussion before we go into that so how do we maintain our mental health so I know I just said that this is titled mental health family history um, but then I realized I'm just going to do two different episodes because this one's going to take a while. So this is not mental health family history. And if you are confused, don't worry, because that episode will be coming out in frequent weeks or in a couple of weeks, unless I post this second, in which case that episode is already going to be posted. But let's get into it. So this is going to be called something else. This is going to be called Let's Talk mental health versus physical health, whatever. And a big point that I I missed and I wanted to say is that just like how you can have good physical health and still be physically ill, there are people who do CrossFit or bodybuilders have great seemingly physical health and they drop of a heart attack or, you know, they have clogged arteries or they get cancer. And there are people with really poor mental health. They smoke a pack a day. They don't, Eat well they don't brush their teeth all the time they treat their body like real garbage and they haven't had a physical illness in their life and you wonder how are you surviving and that's that can the same thing can be said for mental health you can have really really poor mental health mental poor mental health doesn't equal mental illness it just means poor mental upkeep you can have really poor mental health we're gonna talk about what helps mental health and what um, hurts mental health in a second but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have a mental illness. That just might mean that you aren't um, keeping up with your mental health. Same way, you can have really good mental health and you can do really good things for your mind, just like you can do really good things for your body. Um, and you can still have a mental illness. Those things are not mutually exclusive and they don't mutually coexist in one way, but not the other. It's not, it's not exactly poor mental health equals mental illness and good mental health means no mental illness. You can do all you want. To have great mental health, and you can still have a mental illness, and vice versa. Um, but let's talk about how you can maintain your mental health. Um, some things that I looked up, plus my own personal experience. Let's talk about it. One thing is value yourself. Treat yourself nicely. Treat yourself with respect, and this also ties into accepting yourself um, and loving yourself if you can do it. But really, just valuing yourself um which can be really hard for some people especially with depending on how they grew up how they lived whether they were bullied or abused and if if it was emotional and they have like a track in their head of what other people have been telling them they are for their whole lives but one good thing I I always I advocate for journaling and not necessarily journaling in the sense where, you know, you sit down every night. I mean, you should do it daily or at least every other day. Um, keep it consistent and keep that routine, but you don't necessarily need to sit down every night and say, you know, January 1st, 1999, I saw him today and he was in his blue collared shirt. And the way he looked at me was sizzling like a fire. Like you don't need to write a nonfiction story. When I journal, I used to write paragraphs. That was when I was in a real like manic euphoric state and i was like writing paragraphs about my life and like this wink meant this and like it was really hectic as i've started to not necessarily level out but move into a different state because i have multiple states of my health but that's a different audio and i think i already posted that um now i don't really have the time or the desire to write like a story version of my day or story version of my week so I kind of just bullet I don't bullet journal because I don't have the time or the artistic ability and it I need it to be perfect and then no I just I literally just got a book from the bookstore from Cole's Indigo Chapters that that uh franchise and I just bullet point and I'm like what did I do today I literally go through my day for two reasons one it helps me remember what I do because there are sometimes when I like see the clock, it's four o'clock and I don't remember what I've done all day. Um, Two, it's really helpful to look back on because what I try and do um, is I have, so I one thing from bullet journaling is I index my journal. So I index at the back and not at the front because I'm not sure how many pages I'll I'll use. So I actually go from right to left from the back inward. Um, And a couple of pages are exclusively reserved for mental therapy points, and therapy points it pretty much just means that like anything that comes to mind, like my aunt said this to me in this year and I remembered it and this is how I felt about it and I think it relates to this, or today someone dropped a glass and it shattered and it made a noise and I got really really tense and I'm not sure why, or someone turned off the lights when I wasn't expecting it and it reminded me of this in my childhood. Things that come to me in the moment or on that day, because I'm one of those people where I go to therapy and um the therapist looks at me and is like what's what's been happening how are you feeling what do you want to talk about today and I'm like um and I end up padding time and I waste a hundred and something dollars for an hour of me talking about nothing and then I walk away and I'm like oh wait there's years of trauma and things that I need to talk about and I forgot um so now I just bring a notebook with my therapy points um which is a good thing I suggest for anyone in therapy or thinking of going to therapy, just jot down, like, actual key things that you need to work through. You do, probably don't need to work through your conversation with your best friend in therapy for an hour. Um, but you will if that's the only thing that you can remember. Um, so that's one thing. But I also just jot down my day, you know, it's so I can look through my day and remember this happened. I can write it down on my in my therapy pages. But I also just write down my day to have, like, a way to unwind, you know, everyone has their routine. And I think journaling is really, really helpful. And one thing that you can do in your journal is start a running series of pages where you just write good things about yourself. And you don't need to sit down and have it complete all at once. You can literally start and think of the first thing that comes to mind. If you are leading a company, you can say, you know, I'm responsible. If you have a pet, you can say, you know, I am taking care of another living thing. Just start the page, write one or two things, and every night commit to writing at least one thing before you go to bed. And then, you know, you have a list of good qualities. That doesn't mean that you don't have bad qualities, but this list can be a concrete reminder. Like, I have good qualities. Maybe you hang out with your friends and you say something, and what, like you say something, and it's kind of funny, and one of your friends laugh, and you know they're not laughing at you. they are laughing with you because what you said was funny. You go back to your thing and you say, I'm funny. I made a joke. It might be the only joke you've made in the last five years, but you know what? You're funny to someone. You're funny in that moment, which means you are funny in a moment in space and time in a universe, the universe you were in, you were funny, you are funny. That's a fact. Write it down. And when you're feeling really bad on yourself, you can open up, go to that page, and just read good things, you know. Um, some people talk about changing your track, your inner voice, some people um, self depreciate. I practice self deprecation even though I shouldn't. Um, you know, your head like, you can't do this, you can, you know, you're not going to amount to anything, blah, 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 blah. Um, write different things in there. Write things that counter those. Even if you don't believe them, at least write it in your book, on, either in a different series, like Good Mantras, or in, on the Good Qualities page and say things like, you know, you have a job. You got out of bed this today. You took a shower today. Either small things, big things, whatever important to you. And then when you're having a really big, bad day, look at all the things that you've accomplished. You know, you made tea, you took out the garbage, you closed that deal. You made six figures in a month. I don't know what you did, but regardless of whether it's relatively big or relatively small, it's important to you. And you did it. Um, so treat yourself with respect, accept yourself. Even if you don't love yourself, accept yourself. And Make sure that acceptance is recorded somewhere that so that you can go back to it when you aren't feeling as accepting. Um, next thing is maintain good physical health. Mental health and physical health are very much related. Um, I'm someone who likes to exercise. I like to work out. I don't like go to the gym. Um, but I like to keep active in my own ways. And when I'm really, really bad mental health-wise, I notice that like I don't work out or I don't stay as active as when I'm more clear-headed, which is bad because I actually feel better when I'm active. Um, A, I do things that require a lot of concentration or I will hurt myself or someone else. Um, Not in like a threatening way, but just the things that I do and the equipment that I use, I could hurt myself or someone else if I'm not paying attention. So a good thing about like really high mental sport and activity, not only are you working your mind but you not only are you working your body but you're working your mind and you're also taking your mind off of whatever it is that you're that's bothering you um staying active and exercise releases endorphins which everyone knows cuz that's what everyone says and sometimes you feel better sometimes you feel like you're in pain and you feel like you just got hit by a truck, but you worked out, you moved your body. And if you do a sport and activity that has like a progression, well, most things will have a progression because as you build, build muscle and skills and whatever, you'll find you get better. But if you're in like a, a really progressive sport, you can see where you, pro- like where you went from the beginning to the end. Um, especially if it has to do with different moves or different skills that require your body to do different things. So you can have a journal specifically for that activity or you can just add it into your regular journal and every you can bring it to the thing with you or you can just go straight home and when you go home say things that I learned today, I, I lifted 30 extra pounds than when I started, woohoo. Like keep an accomplishment journal so that if you don't feel like going and working out, you can look at it and say I need to keep this progression going um so exercise is important eating well is really important because the food that you eat and the chemicals that it breaks down to can make your body feel really sludgy or make your body feel really powered and that affects your mood as well um if you feel tired and your body feels tired and you feel limp and you feel weird and you, you know you feel like you're bad at running on old gas old oil whatever it's gonna affect your mood um Now, I'm not saying never indulge, because sometimes that makes you feel better. Um, You know, just keep a balanced diet. You don't need to be extremely on the eating like garbage train, Um, but you also don't need to be like the next vegan health guru. I mean, you could if you wanted to, but you can also just have a balance. Have a balanced chicken salad dinner and then a little cupcake for dessert. And there you go. Um... Eating well will help your body feeling well, especially if you're exercising Um, and will help your mind feel better as well. Even if you have a mental illness, and of course, like these things aren't going to cure the illness. Again, you can have poor mental health and mental illness as well, which means you can have good mental health is along with mental illness. And you want, especially if you have mental illness, you want to have the best mental health you can have so that you have the best chance of combating that mental illness. Same thing with physical health. If you're going to have a physical illness you don't want to perpetuate poor physical health on top of that because it's just going to make the whole process even more difficult those two things aren't mutually exclusive so sometimes when people say you know you have mental health problems um take a bath and get out of bed and just smile you know some people are being patronizing but some people are just saying you know just because you have mental illness doesn't mean you can't take care of your other physical health which will help with the mental illness because then you won't feel bad on top of already dealing with your mental illness you'll just feel okay and then now you just have to deal with your mental illness um drink water drink a lot of water drink clear drinks um reduce sugar which is the same thing as like eating better um stay away from carcinogens uh don't smoke or try not to smoke i suppose um cut back on alcohol don't do drugs especially if you have like mental health issues in the form of mental illness, especially if you have, like, paranoid mental illnesses. Maybe don't start messing around with hallucinogenics and things like that. You want to put yourself in the best possible position, um, to help your mental illness. Uh, sleep. Get enough sleep. Again, if you have, like, a paranoid, um, paranoid kind of mental illness or you have, what is it, uh, hallucinating, you hallucinate. Sleep is also important because being sleep deprived can really mess up your brain and make your brain Make you feel and do and think things that aren't actually in line with what reality is. So sleep is super, super important. Especially if you are higher functioning and you have things to do. Sometimes you need to take the L and be late on handing something in or getting something done um, in favor of sleep. I cannot stress enough how important sleeping is. Um, What else? Drink water, carcinogens, exercise, sleep, uh, avoiding... Yep and then setting realistic goals setting realistic success parameters and dealing with stress realistically not everyone is going to be the next elon musk or i was about to say lance armstrong not lance armstrong his first name is escaping me but the armstrong who made it on the moon um not everyone is going to change the world in a way where You know there's articles written about them and their faces everywhere and everyone knows their name but that doesn't mean that what you do with your time is not important you know what i mean um you answering the phone at a call center is just as important as a tactical paramedic saving lives especially if you're answering the phone at a 911 call center you know what i mean like you you are saving lives Anything that you do, you're helping society run. If you're contributing to society, you're helping society as a whole run. Whether you are relatively low on a corporate totem pole or at the top or self-employed or whatever you wanna do, if you're being productive, you're being productive for all. Um, Not everyone needs to have a 4.0 and get the top on all their exams and go to the top schools to be successful and be happy. Be realistic, set realistic goals, be realistic with yourself. If you can only do three or four classes, what? whereas everyone else is taking five classes, you know, don't, that is them. And don't assume that you know what's going on in everyone's lives, because you probably don't. You might be trying to juggle one extracurricular, a part-time job, And also pushing yourself to do five classes when that's not realistic for you, whereas someone else who's doing six classes might not leave the room, might not have a job, um, might be struggling in their own right. You don't know what they're sacrificing to be doing the things that they're doing that you seemingly want to do. Um, You don't know the full story, so don't envy other people. because what they're sacrificing, if you found out, you might say, no, 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 I could never sacrifice that to do what you're doing. What you're sacrificing is really important to me. Remember that everything's a sacrifice. Each person only has 24 hours in a day. So if you see someone, and they honestly seem like the perfect 4.0 student, leader of Student Gov, is in every single club, also has three jobs. I mean, maybe they're just working it out because they're that kind of person. And that's fine. You might not be that kind of person and you don't need to force yourself to be that kind of person. But the vast majority of people who are overproductive and always busy are sacrificing something. They're not broadcasting it to the world because no one wants to broad- broadcast hardship to the world, but they're sacrificing something. And it might be something that you could not live without. So keep that perspective in mind, keep that so when you make your goals, make your success in line with that as well, you know? For some people, having their own business means creating franchises and becoming a CEO and having everyone work for them and retiring at 35 and just raking in those residual checks. But for some people, owning their own business stops at, oh, and also like having kids like take over the business, it's a whole familial thing, whereas... For some people, owning their own business stops at opening one location, just making enough, maybe a little bit more, to be happy and to make rent and to keep making or baking or creating the things that they love. Maybe they have to close down once they retire because their kids don't want to take over. Maybe only one kid takes over and the, the place revamps. For some people, owning a business means that they bought the location and it ran for a couple of years and they were successful. Not everyone needs to franchise and branch out and become a CEO and have everyone working for them and have their kids take over and it becomes a whole familial thing with money, old money and whatever, whatever, whatever. Success to everyone is different for everyone. It's going to be different for you than it is for your neighbor. Um, And learn how to deal with stress effectively for you, whether that means tackling things all at once right at the beginning whether that means pacing yourself whether that means taking frequent breaks whether that means taking no breaks and just having like doing it all once you get it and getting it done and then spending all your extra time on free things know whether mindfulness and motivation or mindfulness and meditation versus reading whether it's nonfiction or fiction versus um writing versus singing versus watching tv works for you um You know, know how you deal with stress the best and employ those methods while also handling your responsibilities. The worst thing that you want to do is to try and negate stress by avoiding what's stressing you out if it's something that can't be avoided. So like bills or a work deadline, because you're just going to stress yourself out once the deadline comes up or once the bill needs to be paid. So be realistic. Be honest and find the best way to deal with it, with whatever it is that you're dealing with without disadvantaging yourself, but without also making yourself crazy and going off the deep end. Um, have fun, you know? Don't get stuck in monotony or routine, especially if you're someone who needs to switch it up to feel alive. Some people feel comfortable in routine. Um, and if that's what stresses you out the least, then that's fine. But if you wake up every morning and you're like, this is boring, I don't feel any purpose, blah, 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 blah join a club, join a team, go to a bar, um, go to some free neighborhood classes, um, do different things, go to a new restaurant, you know, if you go to Starbucks every day, try a new Starbucks location. Some things like that where you do it every day, it might be worse to do something new because you like like the relationship that you created with your barista. But if you go to like the same restaurant all the time and they have a huge turnover and no one really remembers your face, try going to a new restaurant. See how that works. Um, do different things. Take an extra day off on a Friday or a Monday if you have weekends off and go on a trip. Stay in a hotel in your own city. Um, or maybe not, because bed bugs are gross. Um, but go explore your own city and do things that you haven't done before. Save up for a couple months and go to a ballet. Drive two cities over for a day and just like see what it's like over there. Maybe things are completely different. Maybe things are really the same. Um take time at least once a month, at least once a week, depending on what your week's like, but at least once a month, to switch up your routine and do something that you never thought you would do. Um something that would really change your perspective and going on with that volunteer especially and this goes back to treating yourself with respect and valuing yourself sometimes it's really hard to see what's good about ourselves sometimes it's really hard to like ourselves but it's really hard not to like ourselves when we are helping other people so a really good strategy is to volunteer and to help other people read to young children join a reading club Um, go to a soup kitchen if you have a skill like you know an instrument or you speak another language teach people how to do those things Um, give out free legal advice if you're certified give out free financial counseling if you're certified Um, or volunteer with like a non-for-profit that helps underprivileged individuals do good things for other people so that at least if you don't like yourself, you can walk away knowing that other people like you, which sounds really conceited, but it comes from a good place if it's coming from a good place. Um, don't take advantage of these people. Do, do your best and do the same quality of work that you would do if you were getting paid and getting paid well. Um, but you're allowed to, at the end of the day, look in the mirror and say, I helped someone. I helped more than one person. And if you can't find anything else that's good about yourself, you know, know that you made someone's life better. Um, I talked about accepting yourself, see your friends, um, see people who might not be your friends. I'm someone who has a really small group of friends. I'm someone who other people calls me their friend before I call them my friend. And it gets kind of awkward. Um, and I have some really good friends and I have some really good friends that I haven't really seen in months because we go to different schools, even though we're in the same area and we're both busy, we text and that's nice. Um, and then I have people from class that, like, we're not friends, but we go to the same class and we'll go get grab coffee maybe once in a blue moon. And that's really awesome because I hear different perspectives. I feel that human connection. We sit for an hour, for a half hour, for 20 minutes, and we drink our coffee and we talk for a bit and then we part ways and we only see each other in class and we might never hang out again. But for that time and that moment, I, I talk to someone Um, and that doesn't mean that we're going to have sleepovers and braid our hair and have, you know, a kumbaya, but I got out of my shell. I'm not a particularly shy person. Um, by any means, I'm, I'm relatively fairly, very confident, but, um, I connected with other people and that's really important when you're feeling really lonely Especially if you're fine in your solitude you're fine in your happiness and only you know the true answers to this And you can't really lie to yourself I mean you can tell yourself things some people are really good at convincing themselves of of things But you can't really lie to yourself At, at night before you fall asleep You really know what you really want in life regardless of whether you're gonna listen to that or not and if you're honestly lonely even if you're tired or even if you're shy sometimes you need to just take that chance and go grab lunch with a group of people. I always suggest going in a group instead of going one-on-one, because especially if you're not a very confident person, because it helps with awkward silences. If you're together with four or five people and you don't really know what to say, there's three or four other people who can pick up the conversation compared to if it's just you and someone else that you don't really match well with. Um, That might be kind of awkward because it's like if you get stuck on conversations and they feel awkward and you feel awkward, then there's nowhere really to go. But if there's more than one person, there's always someone who wants to talk um but yeah see your friends see other people make that human connection people are social creatures and we're becoming less social with all this social media which is ironic um but it's important to have face-to-face in-person connection especially if you're craving it if you're fine and you like saw your family three months ago and you're like that's that's enough i don't want to deal with people then that's that's fine but if you honest god are lonely consider you know going you don't even need to go out of your way if it just so happens that you feel lonely and you're thinking about talking to a friend but you're too nervous and then a group of people say let's go grab a coffee you know like who wants to come grab a coffee and like three people raise their hand raise your hand too go hang out with them you might sit there and be quiet for a while but at least you were there in the ambience don't be awkward and like look away from them and sit away from them and you know don't say anything chime in when you when you feel like you have something to add but that doesn't mean you need to be talking all the time And especially if you're in a group of people where one or two people are confident enough to say, I want to go grab coffee with a group, um, that probably means that you're in a group of people who are confident enough to carry a conversation even if you are not talking 100% of the time. So consider that. And also do things that you're good at. Um, And don't tell me you're not good at anything because you're good at something, whether it's speed reading or typing really quickly or I don't know good at something, find something you, even if you're not good at it, do things that you enjoy doing. Either do something you're good at to make yourself feel better or do something that you enjoy doing. Um, and even if you're not good at it, at least you had a good time. Uh, finally, no one to get help. And I'm going to write a blog post and slash and, or do a podcast, but this, probably going to be a blog post, um, about when, to get your mental health checked a lot of people know when to get no not that not even that many people know when to get their physical health checked then they go to the doctor and find out that they have some sort of pain or illness that they never knew because they just never went to the doctor so even less people know when is a good time to get your mental health checked which a short answer is whenever you think you should get it checked even if you don't think something's wrong if you're like hmm something might be off you know save up some money or use like the your spare insurance and just go to a psych appointment and say like, hey, this is what's happening. Um, but there are other indicators that can be telling you, especially if you're not as in tune with yourself, when to go and ask help and when to get help for your mental health, which I'm going to do some sort of post on at some point before the new year, hopefully. Um, So that's my exhaustive list of how to maintain good mental health. And the next point is just What can hurt your mental health? And I think it's a pretty easy answer, which is just um, anything that's the opposite of maintaining your mental health. So not getting enough sleep, not eating well, not exercising the body. Ooh, hoo hoo, speaking of exercising the body, I think I forgot one. Maintaining mental health, maintaining. Exercise your brain. A lot of people put a lot of time into exercising their body but they don't exercise their brain. What are some ways that you can exercise your brain? Um, Learn a new language. Learning a new language has been linked to um, declined rates or later onset of dementia and Alzheimer's because you're. I think it's just you're using different pathways in your brain and it takes longer for your brain to deteriorate because you have so many pathways. So learn and maintain a new language. You don't know how many people I meet and they learn a language and they know it for a couple years and then they never use it again and then it goes away. I learned French at a very young age. I'm relatively fluent in French. It comes and goes depending on whether I'm actively learning it or not. Um, I learned Spanish or I learned Latin in high school and I'm trying to keep it up because I know it's quickly, quickly fading. And I'm learning Spanish and I hope that that's something that I can keep for a very long time as well because Spanish I'm also learning after like 10, which I think is around the age where like if you learn a language after it, you need to like actively keep up with it or it's just going to go away. Whereas English and French I learned um pr- before 10 so even though I don't speak french every day i can kind of just snap into a conversation even if i forget certain words and my verb tenses have never been good exercise your brain if you're not a language person do numbers do math things do um sudoku's or if you're a language person again like crossword puzzles um do math problems for fun if you're neither of those and you just like learning you know learn about things learn about dinosaurs learn about cells learn about genomes read non-fiction and just fill your brain with facts and information so that when your brain's ready to start shutting down it needs to shut down a lot more like it needs to turn off a lot more light switches than it would if you hadn't started all of these endeavors um you know learn chess Learn a strategic sport or activity where you actually need to think about it. Um, Literally just think about things. Um, So exercise your brain is really, really important. Um, There's so many ways that you can exercise your brain and ways that you kind of deteriorate your brain. If you're always mindlessly, you know, listening and watching things that don't really help you in any way or if even when you're watching TV or listening to things, try and be an active participant in whatever you're doing. Don't just like passively do it to like pass the time and you're just staring at the TV and then four hours passed and you're halfway through a season and you don't even know what, what's happening and the shows and the pictures are just moving in front of your eyes and you're just waiting till bedtime and you do this day in and day out. You're not exercising your brain. You're doing yourself a disservice. You could be cooking. You could be cleaning. You could be learning a new skill. You could be working out. You could be doing so many things. You could be actively watching your TV, but you're just... Padding for time. And that's going to show itself when you get older and your brain starts to shut down because it's going to have a lot less light switches to turn off and your mind's going to be gone much more quickly. Um, All right, back to it, which is things that can hurt your mental health. Again, poor physical health and sedentary lifestyle because, again, health, mind, body connection is really big. Um, Poor diet, trauma is really big, obviously. Um, Try and work through your trauma and, again, work through your stress. it's not everyone realizes that what they've experienced is traumatic, especially if the trauma happened in childhood and it was normalized at the time, or a lot of people around you experienced the same trauma, so you thought it was normal. Um, work through those things, especially in therapy, because if even if you think it doesn't affect you, it most likely does. 99% of the time, it affects the way that you see the world, react to the, react to the world. You're probably always stressed if you're carrying this trauma. You want to work through it with a professional. Um I would say check in with a mental health professional once a year if you can. If not, at least like once every five years, you know. And this is where journaling can help. Because if you have a journal, I mean, maybe do a weekly journal and not like a daily journal or something. And just go through these journal entries and say like, oh, that was a that was a big event. That wasn't really important. Oh, this happened. I completely forgot this happened, but it made me really angry. Compile a list of things, especially if you're only going once or once or twice every couple of years, you know, you go for like three appointments every five years or something. Make sure you compile a good list of things that affected you or didn't affect you or hurt you or didn't hurt you and whether you think they're substantial so that you can work through things that might actually, you know, be weighing you down mentally, you don't even realize it. Again, um, ignoring or denying your feelings, avoiding your problems, um, too much stress, Using recreational drugs and stimulants and things that um, mess with your brain chemistry and your body. Um, so many things can um, hurt your mental health. Now, I am just seeing if there's anything else that I want to. Do-do-do-do, do-do-do-do anything else that i want to talk to you because again i wanted to start with describing mental health like what is mental health um before i went into knowing your mental health family history but this has turned into an, an its own episode we're now five minutes away from 50 minutes so i'm gonna have to do the knowing your mental health episode after this so i'm just because the page of points is compiled i should probably just pause and read this but i'm gonna explain it because the page of points is the same page. And I was kind of bouncing between points because I thought this was going to be all one episode. I'm just checking to make sure I've said everything before I um, before I sign off. And I think I pretty much said everything. So what is mental health? Is mental health different from mental illness? I would say yes. How can you explain mental health compared to physical health versus physical illness? Um, we talked about maintaining mental health. We talked about Knowing when to get your mental health checked briefly, I'm going to go into depth. We're going to, we talked about things that can hurt your mental health, um, except that your mental health is a thing and that it is all in your head. People seem to think, you know, oh, it's all in your head is patronizing because it is sometimes, sometimes you, you have fears or nervousness or hopes and dreams and people say that's not real, it's all in your head. Um, but mental health is all in your head. And um, that's okay. It's okay for someone to say, oh, you're making it up. Well, not. it's not okay for someone to say you're making it up. It's, it's okay for someone to say it's all in your head and for you to say, yeah, just like how my broken bone's all in my arm, but I still fix that. Um, except that it can all be in your head and still be important and that you should still get it checked out if it's messing with your life. You know what a disorder is? A disorder, especially in mental health terms, are things, you know, mental health is a spectrum. Emotions are uh, a spectrum. And most people are in a middle ground of the spectrum and they rise and fall within a predetermined range. And that's fine, but it becomes a disorder when it's affecting your life really, really negatively, whether you're on too far of the negative spectrum or too far of the positive spectrum. And you're so euphoric and manic that you're making poor decisions. Um, And it's your head that, you know messes with your emotions if someone tells you that it's all in your head because of your mental illness and then you know they say they're so in love and they're having such a great life you should say yeah it's all in your head it can all go away because it is all in your head um thank you for listening as always um it's been real (laughs) to my um to all of you listeners in discovery, recovery, just learning, or somewhere in between, um, check me out on Tumblr www.personallyborderline.tumblr.com, on Twitter at purseborderline, at p e r s borderline on Instagram persborderline p e r s borderline on Pinterest personally borderline although I don't use personal, I don't use Pinterest much and on Anchor anchor.com well, it's PB Mental Health Now, or PRSB Mental Health, so P-R-S-B Mental Health. And this podcast can be found on many, many, many um, external podcast hosting services. And today's question or comment is, What? how do you define your mental health and your mental illness? Do you think that mental health and mental illness... Are different or the same thing and do you agree with the way that I compared mental health and mental illness to physical health and physical illness answer any of those questions all of those questions or none of them at all feel free to contact me on any of my social medias maybe not Pinterest and not so much tumblr because I don't go on those as much but my Twitter DMs are open my Instagram DMs are open my Tumblr asks are open and have the anonymous option functional if you want to send me something anonymously. Um, and as always, I'll be here for you until the next podcast. Best purse.